Hey there, and welcome to Beer Branding Trends, conversations on building stronger craft beverage brands. Kodo Design has spent more than a decade working with craft food and beverage artisans, helping them to brand or rebrand, reposition, and reimagine what a compelling F&B brand can be. This show captures all of our fieldwork and experience into practical strategies, tips, and tactics to help you build a stronger brand and sell more beer. I'm Isaac Arthur. And I'm Cody Fay. And this is the Beer Branding Trends Podcast. Hey, Cody, what's up? Not a whole lot, Isaac. How are you doing? I am good. And, and today we have a fun topic. Cody, you and I, and Cody specifically, have become somewhat well-known in the beer world with our books and newsletter and conference presentations. I think people kind of know who we are and what we believe in. But what a lot of people don't know about us is that you and I are actually complete idiots. And uh, evidence of this would be in this podcast, this very episode. So you and I have recorded... I think this is episode six or seven now of the show. And we just realized that we never actually cut a proper introductory podcast to let people know who you and I are and what Kodo design is. So rather we talked about releasing this and going back and changing the publishing dates. So it's all clean. And this is the first one. I think it's funnier just to release an introductory episode, six or seven episodes in really give people a glimpse of how tight a ship we're running here. So let's do this. Kodo introduction time. And how about I give a quick overview of Kodo itself, and then maybe we go back and, and we can introduce ourselves and how we got founded. So just to start off, Kodo is a food and beverage branding firm based in Indianapolis, Indiana. And three days from now, Cody, we will be celebrating our 12th anniversary. Do you ever think that in these first half dozen or so episodes, people will get tired of us saying things like branding is a feeling? Without knowing who we are. <laughs> no, I definitely don't. I think in the next half dozen episodes, they will. And then the downloads will just drop off. But we'll figure that out as we go along. Yeah, we're uh, we're turning 12. That's hooray. Angsty preteen. <laughs> yeah, I don't have anything. I usually write a big kind of masturbatory blog post around this time of the year. And I don't have anything right now. I don't even have an Instagram post in me. <laughs> like you and I are just going to quietly celebrate our 12th anniversary. We've been put through the ringer over the last, uh, the last year in 2020, but we're here and we're doing great work. So uh, let's see the bulk of our work these days revolves around helping regional national breweries rebrand or launch a variety of extensions and sub brands or helping other beverage alcohol folks launch new brands. So a lot of work with RTDs, kombucha, distillery work, lots and lots of work in booze. It's a fun space. Typical project for Kodo involves defining or redefining positioning, working through brand strategy and identity, developing beautiful packaging and websites, all geared towards the goal of selling more beer and helping people grow their business. And so you and I and Kodo lives and breathes and, and drinks way too much of beer we are a food and beverage branding firm. So aside from that work, we also do a lot of work with bars and restaurants, hospitality groups, again, distilleries, cannabis. We're doing a lot more work in BevAlk and CPG food and Bev products in general. Basically, if you can eat it or drink it, Kodo brands it. And that's probably a high enough overview. Uh, let's, let's now awkwardly talk about ourselves. Cody, give me a 15-second introduction of who you are and what you do at Kodo. Yeah, sure. I'm Cody Fagg. I, I guess I'm the creative director at Kodo, although I do a number of other things right now too. But um, yeah, as far as what I do really quickly, um, if you're working on any sort of upstream brand strategy, I'm going to touch that. So things like 
interviewing folks, gathering research, putting that through the lens of, we kind of talked about our brand essences on previous episodes, uh, art direction. I'm working closely with our entire design team to refine and, and finish work, send that out to production and a number of other things as well. Like I'm project managing right now and doing all kinds of stuff. So that's kind of a good overview of what I get up to these days. I think that's good enough. I, uh, Isaac Arthur here, I'm a co-founder and partner with Cody at Kodo. My day-to-day titles also shift, usually from CEO to CMO to CFO, depending on kind of morning or afternoon. I also do some janitorial work from here and there. And uh, yeah. perhaps funny, the funniest thing of all is that I, I am Kodo's HR manager currently, which is uh, not really a good move for our firm, but that's what I do. And I love what we're building here. I think this is one of the best design firms someone could ever work for. And I still wake up excited 12 years in. I think this is really fun. And more importantly than all of that, uh, I'm a husband and a father. So I've been with the same lady for 15 years. And I have two daughters, a four-year-old and a one and a half-year-old. And I was adjusting my microphone before we jumped on here. My one and a half-year-old is currently teething. So hopefully you don't hear her downstairs right now <laughs> kind of suffering through that uh, also I'm going to I'm going to drag this episode out way beyond our typical 30 minutes just so I don't have to go down there and deal with that so let's now that I've won father of the year award let's go back in time Cody I don't know maybe high school Cody or early college what led you you and I met at Heron School of Art and Design here in Indy what led you to that design school uh well, budget <laughs> primarily. Oh no way! Uh, being <laughs> you too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Being a uh, being here in state, here in this beautiful city of Indianapolis, being able to go to school downtown was pretty convenient. Heron had a brand new, spanking new building when we started as freshmen back in two thousand. Beautiful building. Yeah. Five two thousand six. So that was awesome as well. That definitely attracted me to the school. Um, I. I wanted to be an illustrator. You know, I thought I wanted to uh, draw, you know, comic books or work in video games without understanding like how much work that actually is. Turns out Heron didn't have an illustration major at the time. And so I wound up in visual communication design where we took classes together. Yeah. And for my background, I grew up outdoors, fishing, hiking, camping, hunting. It's just all I did was outdoors. And my mom is a wildlife biologist or actually an environmental manager, I guess would be her official title. So I, I always had this vision of just basically going out west, which is why I, I always, you and I kind of get so excited when we have opportunities out in the western states, Montana, Colorado, Wyoming, Utah. I wanted to just go out west and be paid to fly fish. That, that, that wasn't like a real job, but I thought I could finagle my way into doing that. So I went to school for the first year at IPOI uh, to become a fisheries biologist, found out that I'm not good at chemistry, which is a foundational element of biology. To the point of really not good at chemistry, so much so that I uh, <laughs> just basically almost flunked out of out of that program. Uh, so I, I tail tucked between my legs, ran across the street to Heron School of Art and Design to become a designer. I didn't want to be an illustrator. I was really into if you if you think about the design world at that time, Cody, really big into gig posters. That was a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was into beer packaging. Those were the two things that I had been interested in alongside all of my other outdoor pursuits and dreams. I was really into design on that front. So I went to school. And then, yeah, you and I met in 2006 in sophomore year. 
and we got along immediately. I mean, obviously lots of classwork. We probably don't need to go into design thinking and what we learned at Heron, but a lot of extremely valuable, I guess at the time you could even call it theory that you and I just got, like we really understood it. We bonded over, was it Bourbon Street? Like really shitty dive bar food. Uh, oh, yeah. R.I.P. Yeah. Bourbon Street. A lot of fried, a lot of fried sandwiches. A lot of really, <laughs> I, I remember that was the first, we, we were really new into craft beer at that time, but I remember drinking beer that tasted fishy or band-aidy because their lines were so shitty and they never cleaned them. No, they did not. <laughs> it's not good. Might be why they're not around anymore, uh, you know? Possibly. Yeah. Among other, among like college kids getting in fist fights all the time there. So we drank beer in my Jeep on top of the parking garage. Instead of going to speech class, we homebrewed together. I really, really enjoyed our college experience at Heron. There's, we also, so outside of that, we started doing a lot of freelance work. We started doing a lot of large scale exhibition design work. That was actually kind of a minor that you and I took there. I still see this alternate reality where you and I build a world-class, not beer branding firm, but a world-class exhibition design firm. Because we did work, we built this enormous exhibition covering John Dillinger and the Public Enemies at 33, 34. We worked with the Indianapolis Colts. That that work kind of translates today to our, our uh, spatial design that we do. But yeah, so we did a lot of that out of college. And probably where we should go from here, rather than just talking about drinking beer instead of going to class would be our internship experiences, because that, that was the point. I think it was for both of us about junior year that we, we landed these kind of lengthy internships. And that's when we started saying, wow, this isn't that great. So Cody, (laughs) why don't you tell me about your internship experience? Yeah. And I mean, like I should stress, and and I think you probably feel the same way. Like I love the people there. It's just absolutely the, the way. So I, I worked at a PR firm here in town that has a pretty, they had built up their creative team to basically be its own floor or its own half a floor. Um, so they had a pretty robust creative team and I had the opportunity to help touch a lot of different projects there as an intern. And, you know, I just didn't like how the office was structured very much. You're who knows if you ever get to talk to the client to kind of pick their brain, you're making decisions really without enough information just because you're siloed off in your own little corner while an, an account person takes the client out to lunch. There's several layers of both kind of uh, corporate hierarchy as well as just like literal games of telephone that you have to play between agent and manager and client back to designer, back to intern I probably would have liked it a lot more if I were a creative director there, <laughs> but um, I, I don't know. I, I just, I, I kind of realized like, well, if I'm going to do this with my career, it's not going to be able to be this way just because I, I'm not built for it. You know, I, I can't succeed in that environment. Um, and, and I know you and I kind of connected over a lot of uh, kind of in different situations, but a lot of the same themes that popped up. Yeah. My, my experience was overwhelmingly positive. I just saw I don't know you and I always use the word hubris when we talk about it. Just the the point you brought up there about not really talking directly to clients and having kind of going through this weird briefing process. It just it seemed kind of dumb. And I know you and I were too young to say anything at that time at our respective positions, but there was just this siloing off of the client meets with this one person. This one person brings a thing to you, the design team. You respond to that, and that person presents it to them. It just created kind of subpar work and deadlines and budgets were always an issue. And and it just wasn't that 
cool, I think, even though I did enjoy the job and enjoy the people. So you and I kind of fast forward here. So, so we, we bonded over that in particular, like drinking beer and shitty beer <laughs> out of tainted lines, uh, at local bars. And we, we decided, so I guess we planned Kodo for the last semester at school. We kind of checked out there and the teachers were even okay with it. Like, okay, whatever, these kids are starting a thing. Uh, I'm sure that'll work out. And so we, we did, we planned it and we graduated on May 10th, 2009. We found it the following Monday officially. And uh, we found it based on the belief that we can create better work by directly including our clients in the creative process. That was a very simple finding from our internship experiences, from all of the big ideas that were stuffed in our head from our, our, our college education. And that first year, we, folk, we, we, we just did nonprofit work in Indianapolis because we had started out, that was our network. And we did some phenomenal work for a lot of great organizations. I think of um, Humane Society of Indianapolis, Cody... Little Red Door, Big Brothers, Big Sisters, United Way. We could probably name 20 of them. Again, another alternate reality where Kodo, Kodo became a world-class you know, nonprofit branding firm. But we we decided to... This story gets kind of blurry for me. I remember standing in line at Sun King with you. Do you remember $5? Let's let's actually start there. That's more important. Do you remember $5 Fridays? Oh, yeah. It was, it was transformational. You could go get a big jug of beer for five bucks. I mean, for... For broke recent graduates uh, in 2008, 2009, what could be better than that? And it was really good, too. You know, it was like, well-made. So this is Sun King, downtown Indianapolis. I think they opened, started out the same year we did. They did. Funny enough. And, yeah, we started to see the energy that they were picking up. We started to, (laughs) I mean, somehow we wound up there every week. Weird. I think that was parallel along with the time you mentioned we were working with a lot of nonprofits. Uh, we fell into bed with the Indianapolis City Market, which is like a beautiful downtown historic market, really close to the, in the center of the Mile Square downtown in Indianapolis. They were opening a craft beer bar, doing a project with the Brewers of Indiana Guild. The point of that bar being to feature all Indiana craft beer. And so early 2010, Isaac, like how many breweries were in the state? I mean, it was funny to watch it all grow and pop since then. Oh, man. I don't even know. Well, yeah, I do know, actually, because we built that little passport and it had something like 40, 40 breweries on it. And then it was out of print. It was like 40 out to of 45. Print instantly. Yeah. yeah. And we Just, printed those immediately that that information was not correct, because between 2010 and let's say 2012, 2013, the breweries more than doubled in the state. They were opening up so quick that you couldn't keep up with it. So we were kind of right there. I mean, it, it was a really good time to grab onto the industry. It was a really good time to fall in love with it just as like, you know, consumers. And yeah, we, so we were spending our weekends checking out all the cool stuff that was happening here in the state. Yeah. I remember going to Sun King. You mentioned they opened right when we did. I think they or we beat the other one by a month or two. I can never remember which is which, but I remember going there when it was, uh, you know, probably like a 15 barrel system and just like folding, folding tables uh, if getting your growler fill and used to drink one of those things a day, like we would drink those at lunch every day, like idiots. And it grew into one of the largest breweries in the state since then. But yeah, it just really fun time. And and you and I seeing that being home, really terrible home brewers, just being into craft beer, like first and foremost, even to this day, just fans of beer first, we saw this happening all over the country as well. And we were just blown away. I remember, especially back then when we were, we were 
more snotty than we are now because we were still kind of fresh out of school. So we were like, oh, look how terrible these things look because we were <laughs> like, we, we were just more judgmental back then. But what we saw was some white space for, I don't like the term education. That's maybe like too self-important, but, but we saw an opportunity to write about how you could brand a brewery or position it or develop your core values or a name or an identity and things like that. Stuff that no one was really doing at the time. So you and I started writing just as a way to, we wanted to start positioning ourselves. We kind of uh, glossed over it there. We shifted from nonprofits to food and beverage through uh, kind of accidentally, then more on purpose over the years. So we started writing about beer branding on our own blog and then on trade magazines and trade sites, craft brewing business, brew bound, craft beer and brewing magazine, dozens of other places. This was an important moment for us because as soon as we started writing, especially on the national stage, we jumped from, we were working with, we landed our first brewery client in 2010. We worked with three or four others over the next year, local to us. And then we just started working nationally almost overnight. And there, there are too many breweries to name here because we're going to forget some. So I'm not even going to try, but, but I'll kind of fast forward. So from 2010 to 2016, we started doing national work. I mean, we were always on the road. We were traveling before kids and marriages and stuff. So we were just always gone and, and doing larger work. And, and I guess we can kind of fast forward and talk about the, the first book, Craft Beer Branding Guide. Cody, do you remember how this book came about? I remember that we had the bright idea to collect all of the writing that we had done to that point. You know, what year was this? This is around. I think sheesh, it was. I 20, think it was fifteen. 15, I think 16. so. Yeah. So you know, we had a bunch of stuff floating out there, and the problem with that was it was kind of disparate, and there was really no way to send that to someone in a sane, organized way. You just would end up sending a bunch of links like a crazy <laughs> YouTube commenter, conspiracy theorist person. Not not great for business development. And <laughs> no, 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 it's uh, not, not the way to fly. <laughs> and so we put together, we worked with our team here internally and put together this really beautiful kind of website. Isaac and I worked to organize all, all of this writing into kind of a semi-logical outline narrative. And we put that stuff out there, you know, we, we just put it out there for free thinking this could, you know, be a really great resource for folks in this industry who are often just, just don't have this insight. So we put that together and just put that out there for free. And then the, the rate between Nina paper contacting Incredible. us. So Nina paper up in Wisconsin, one of the best paper suppliers on the planet, every designer knows about them contacted us and said, hey, we really like this branding guide you put together. We would like to print it into a physical book. But by the way, we need it in like three weeks and it's the holiday. <laughs> so um, that's the end of 2015, I think, when that happens. So of course you say yes. Yeah. yeah. And, and looking back, we would have been absolute morons not to say yes, because it was amazing for us. We put that together. We helped them design it. They gave us access to some of their new paper lines. It looked amazing. Uh, Mad Dash to get everything edited and organized and laid out and and just so. And then the next thing you know, the next year for CBC, we're debuting this beer branding guide on this gorgeous orange paper and handing out to folks for free in printed format. Um, <laughs> Nina put us in like an amazing booth in the in the CBC conference. Like we're right next to like MicroStar, the like massive keg <laughs> yeah. supplier. Uh, 
you know, just uh, us kind of still pretty fresh faced. I remember, point. I remember and, people um, being wary because we, they're like, what is this? This is free. And, and you, you read in their face, you're like, this is either a con or it's not any good. And we yep. had to tell people that both of those were correct. Yeah. <laughs> and this was a turning point for us in my mind. Cause we, we started learning how to actually run the business around this time too. That's a different conversation. But as far as our work in beer, now the business just kind of explodes. This book came out. This is just dumb luck, perfect timing. We we started getting continuing to get more national work because of our work at CBC. The book, the exposure, the 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 quote unquote speaking tour, which was just three or four different spots, not much of a tour. But but we started working with breweries at this time. Interestingly, we started getting more international work. So obviously national all over the country, but places like Canada, far off places like Canada in Mexico, but uh, even further off places like Argentina, Britain, Australia, Belgium. We went to Beijing, we, just absurd things that, that that started happening and it just kind of like a roller coaster. Like we, we started going downhill at a very, that's a dumb metaphor. It started going very fast. (laughs) (laughs) Like it it all went downhill from there. It just, it started, the business started growing at at a very, very fast rate. And you and I were just doing everything we could to hang on and and continue producing work up to our standard. And it's just been a lot of fun. I mean, we moved to our new, our current office in 2018, I think it was. And, And let's talk about kind of where we are in the beer world now Around this time, or now, meaning 2018, not now, I guess, you and I saw overnight. So from 2010, I don't know if we've ever written about this publicly. We've talked about it to different design groups and different uh, guild organizations around the country. But from we've called 2010 to 2016, 17, the gold rush era. And then from 17 to 18, overnight, in the craft beer, I should say, in 2017 to 2018, almost overnight, we saw our inquiries. So a branding firm, breweries reach out to us almost daily to discuss new projects at this point. We saw breweries, established breweries looking to rebrand. It just, it was amazing. You could like draw a line. I don't know what month it happened, but sometime around there. And this, this hasn't let up. So from, let's just call it like 20, late 2017, 18 to now in 2021, our work has predominantly been working with uh, breweries to rebrand or refresh. So we did that, you know, over the next two or three years, we handled 15 or so full scale rebrands, a lot of different refreshes, a lot of packaging refreshes, a lot of different experience kind of up and down that spectrum. And we took what we learned about that process and we wrote our next book, Craft Beer Rebranded, which this is the best timing in the history of our entire company, Cody. I remember because we planned this, this thing for four or five, six months out we published Craft Beer Rebranded, so craftbeerrebranded.com. Uh, we published that on January 31st, 2020, <laughs> right before the world ended. So that that killed our speaking tour. We spoke at CBC. We presented at CBC last year, but that ended up becoming a virtual thing. So great timing on our part. We, we should have known that a pandemic was around the corner. But we sold a bunch of those books. We sell two or three a week to this day. And it's very, very proud of it. And I think already on this podcast, two or three episodes have been pulled directly from there. I imagine every other episode or so for the next year, will probably reference some topic covered in there at some point. So it's a book. It's a companion workbook. I won't give you too big of a commercial. Check it out at craftbeerrebranded.com. 
Cody, I want so desperately to talk about our third book, but we're not even done with it. You and I are actually meeting next week to kind of talk about the outline. So we don't even know exactly what it's going to be. I mean, we know the big idea, but who the hell knows what kind of shape that thing's going to take. I'm actually really excited because I think it's going to take this conversation to a place that it has not been yet. So that's cool. But uh, more on that later, I suppose. Hopefully not that much later, but likely, nah, what is this? It'll probably be a 22 conversation <laughs> at this point. And man, that's going to be a good, that's no, gonna, honestly, yeah, yeah. going to be a good one someday. Uh, so, so where are we? I guess that brings us to current day. Yeah. We, we, we're a team. I don't know if we even said this, we're a team of seven people. We're looking to be eight and or nine by this time next year where Cody and I are, we mentioned all those different hats and roles that we, we, we do on a daily basis. This is the same thing. I imagine if you folks out there listening to this, run your own brewery, your own business, you probably wear 10 hats as well. Trying to figure out how we can take a few of those hats off of ourselves to, to run the business better. But that's no one cares about that other than you and me, Cody. So to close this out, let's talk about kind of the, the stuff that we're doing current day, aside from that book that's never going to be finished. <laughs> I imagine most people have made their way to this podcast by way of our Beer Branding Trends newsletter. If you haven't, if you somehow stumbled here on your 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 Zoom or whatever audio device you're listening to this on, um, then you should head over to beerbrandingtrends.com. That's our monthly newsletter. We've got about 5,500 current subscribers who are receiving monthly collection of field notes. And, and this is Cody and I just having, I almost want to call it microblogging, but that, that seems instantly dated as a term. But we're, we're doing these fun vignettes that cover trends, currents, giving you practical advice from what we're seeing across our work, uh, across the country in our work in beverage alcohol branding. So if you're a marketing director, brand director, in-house designer, salesperson, brewery, principal, if anyone who's tasked with the job of selling more beer, this newsletter is for you. And we're having a lot of fun doing it. This podcast is actually a, a an extension of that newsletter. So if you like what Cody and I are doing here and stumbling through on this podcast, um, you should check that out because that's going to be a lot more, uh, a lot more valuable. There's no value in what we're doing here, but a, a lot more, a lot more depth uh, in an ongoing basis there. So check it out, beerbrandingtrends.com. Woo, Cody, that's it. That is our episode six introduction of Kodo. Nice to meet you, everyone. Cody, we we are professionals, and we are twelve. Happy anniversary, Cody. It has been a dozen years of pain <laughs> and, and and pleasure mediocrity <laughs> here's to here's to uh what are we what are we thinking 18 more here's to 18 more years oh <laughs> yeah let's sure yeah whatever we'll, sure we'll check in, in a few years thanks for listening to beer branding trends if you like what we're doing here if you find this valuable please rate and review us over on itunes and head over to beerbrandingtrends.com to join more than 5,000 subscribers who receive our monthly email newsletter covering strategy currents and actionable advice from kodo design a branding firm on the front lines of beer and beverage branding take care we'll catch back up with you soon